0: Isn't it good to know that that it, regardless of the storm, our Lord abides with us um, through it all. Never leave us nor forsake us. Um, this morning, uh, look. Before uh, we're going to be in First Corinthians chapter fifteen this morning, and um, as you turn there, I want to take just an opportunity to say a, a special thank you uh, to some folks in in the life of our church that. Uh, um, Scripture says, Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. And um, on Friday, we celebrated Veterans Day, and um, I saw a friend of mine um, recently that that wrote these words. "Uh, When I signed up to join the armed forces, I wrote my country a blank check. And uh, some of you have done that. And uh, I want to just take a moment to recognize you. If you're a veteran of our uh, United States military, would you stand this morning? We uh, definitely want to say thank you for your your service, for your sacrifice um, to our nation. And uh, we... We're grateful for you. Thank you uh, so much. Um, you know, I, I had planned during the month of November to preach messages on um, Thanksgiving. Scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 that we are to give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Um, and this, uh, as we, we think about this particular month and we anticipate a day or a, a week off for, from school or a a day or two off from work. Um, we, we look forward to this particular day of Thanksgiving, but this year, um, this time, uh, there, there's so many things weighing, uh, weighing on our hearts, so many uh, turbulent things that have happened around us. Uh, I, I heard uh, just this week, uh, why are there so many things going on? I, I've heard several say, pray for and, uh, and And what I want to do this morning, as we think about um, giving thanks in all things, I, I want us to understand, life is turbulent. But when we have a proper foundation, we can live with faith and come out victorious through those turbulent times. So I want to give you these foundations for turbulent times from First Corinthians chapter fifteen. That is a lot of verses, right? Well we're going to trek through them, I hope, pretty quickly. Before we do, I want to read this poem. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote wrote in his poem entitled The Rainy Day. The day is cold and dark and dreary. It rains and the wind is never weary. The vine still clings to the mouldering wall But at every gust, the dead leaves fall, and the day is dark and dreary. My life is cold and dark and dreary. It rains, and the wind is never weary. My thoughts still cling to the moldering past, but the hopes of youth fall thick in the blast. And the days are dark and dreary. Be still, sad heart, and cease repining. Behind the clouds is the sun still shining. Thy fate is the common fate of all. Into each life some rain must fall. Some days must be dark and dreary. He was a depressed dude. But he he draws a a point in that poem that I think you and I recognize. Scripture says that uh, it rains on the just and the unjust. That life happens and sometimes that, that happening is is just a positive blast we call blessings. But on the other side are those things that, that, that we reference as darkness. Those things that we don't want to endure. And yet when those turbulent times come, what are we to do? What are we to do when life seems to be falling apart? Well, as we look at 1 Corinthians 15... Uh, Paul is writing to that Corinthian church, and the whole chapter is about the resurrection. uh, The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and how the resurrection is ultimate victory for us. We just sang about the ultimate victory that you and I have in the resurrection. And as we look at this this passage, I want us to see these five foundations. so, So bear with me, I'm going to give you the foundation. We're going to read some scripture, talk about it a little bit. And and move to the next. But the first foundation I want to give you is this. A foundation of faith. What is the foundation of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? That foundation of faith is the gospel. The very fact that the Lord Jesus Christ has laid down his life for us. Read with me. Uh, chapter 15, verse 1 through 11. More other, moreover, brethren... I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you receive, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, uh, and, and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present. But some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, so we preach, and so you believe. When you encounter this uh, this text of scripture, the beginning, this this foundation of faith, we see that the gospel declared succinctly there in verse number three. That is, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and on the third day He rose again according to the Scriptures. We have to recognize the Gospel in its, uh, in its clear definition and its implications for our lives. You see, he, he declares this Gospel and He grounds it in the eyewitness accounts that are, are found there. Uh, he he talks about how Christ died, he was buried, he rose again, and then he revealed himself. He says here to over five hundred people. Now I think that is significant for us to understand because most of these that Christ revealed himself to went to their deaths as martyrs. That is, they believed the gospel, they believed Jesus, they entrusted Jesus to their lives, and and so they were willing to die. Declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, listen. I don't know how many of you would die for a lie, but I don't think many of us. I don't think many of us would die uh, over a lie. Now, uh, what I mean by that is, if if I make this statement that Jesus Christ is Lord, and I have seen Him, uh, I have seen Him bodily resurrected, and, and somebody came with a sword or or with a spear a and threatened to take my life, if I didn't repent that, if I didn't take that back, if, if I had lied about that, in no way would I die for that lie. Okay? So I think that, that is a, a ground of proof for us to understand today, the validity, the reality of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when Paul lays this out, he lays it out in such a way to say that the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is a foundation of our faith in Him. And the gospel, the gospel, uh, it, it demonstrates for us several things. First, it demonstrates that God is loving and compassionate. Now, how many of you have an enemy that uh, the, the way you decide, I hope none of them have enemies today. If you have enemies today, the Bible says you need to... Stop what you are. Get up. Walk out that door. Go apologize. Go reconcile with them. Then come back, and then we can have what what you call worship. Okay, that's what the Bible says. But if you had an enemy, and uh, and that enemy uh, you you wanted to reconcile with that enemy, how many of you would would come to the conclusion or, or come up with the idea to say, I think the way I will do that is I'll just uh, I'll send my son, and I'll let him infiltrate the system and and then I'll let him die so that my enemies can be reconciled to me. Does that even make sense? It doesn't. The Bible says it It really doesn't make sense to us who are logically inclined. But the reality is that's what Jesus did. That, that was God's plan for us. And so when we read the gospel, we, we go through turbulent times and we, we hear the gospel, we can know... That in in the face of these turbulent times, that God is loving and compassionate towards us. He is righteous. And he is just. That is, He He is He is not um, He's not letting those who are uh, who are, are, are wicked win. He's not letting evil come against us in, in victory. He is righteous and just to deal with our greatest need in His time, in His way. That's what He does. In Jesus. And we can know that, that this evil, this turbulent time that we're going through or have gone through, we can know that the outcome, or, or right in the middle of it, God is compassionate and loving toward us. But the outcome is this. We will see the righteousness and the justice of God. We will see His promise fulfilled. And and the gospel says to us that God is trustworthy, trustworthy. And that in Him, uh, we can know He will take care of us. You see that in the gospel? Does anybody see that in the gospel? Are y'all wake this morning. The God who loves us so much to send His Son is so loving and compassionate toward us that He will hold us up in the midst of turbulent times. We can know that this purposeful God to redeem us will redeem the time that we're going through in our lives. And so so we we see the gospel. It is the foundation of our faith. The foundation of of our ability and willingness to trust Jesus. So in the midst of this turbulent time, the gospel says, trust me. Trust Jesus. He'll get you through. The second thing I would point out to you is this. uh, The foundation of hope. The foundation of hope that's found in the resurrection. Read with me. Uh, starting in verse number 12. Now, if Christ is preached and He has been raised from the dead, how does some among you say then, or say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, uh, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He uh, raised up Christ whom He did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. The foundation of hope. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now let's understand what hope is. i tell you what. Y'all help me. Some of you are yawning. You're nodding off. It's hot in here. Woo, it's hot in here. Y'all be standing up here. Um, how do you define hope? How, uh, see, help me. How would you define hope? Don't make me call names. Belief, it's going to get better. Okay. Yep. A belief in something you can't see or touch. Right over here. What is hope? You say, I have hope. Well, what does that mean? Trusting in Him. Blessed assurance. A certainty that all will be okay. Now, Brittany used a word that I think is important for us to understand. That word is certainty. The the idea of hope is not an expectation built on possibility. Hope. Hope is built on the certainty of what God has said, what He has done, and what He has promised to us. Now, let's just be honest. Y'all know that I am a Chicago Cubs fan, right? Can I get an amen? Amen. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. That's not, no, that's, that is bad. I'm sorry. I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. Every year, we come to this place where we say, this is the year. There's a sense of hope and there's a sense of expectation. And then they play two games and you go, oh, oh, there it goes. Well, this year, we, we come in with a, a, a good team. And, and all of a sudden, there, there's this, this, this real hope that they're better than ever and they're going to do it this year all year long, you watch and you go, okay, there's a chance. There's a chance. There's a chance. And some days you look at him and you go, okay, it's over. And then it happens. And I don't know what to do. I don't know whether to cry, to shout, to call Brother Nicky at one in the morning and um, brag it. That's not hope, though. I used to say, I know what hope is because I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. That's all I got that's based on there's too many tangibles there's too there, there are too many things that are uh, there's too many factors that well, that's not hope you see when you understand hope you, that the bible talks about hope there's this certainty there's no factor that will nullify or void what god has said the hope that we have in the lord jesus christ is already accomplished in the resurrection. He has promised it, and one day it will be fulfilled when he brings it all. The the resurrection shows us this, that God has power over death. He has power over death. The one who spoke uh, the world into existence can, with his voice, can call out to Lazarus and say, Lazarus, come forth. He can roll that stone away and Jesus come forth resurrected forever and ever and ever. If he has power over death. He has power to give eternal life. Verse 19, he says this If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Our hope is not temporary. Fixed on what can happen here. Our hope is eternal. Knowing that one day when when Christ determines that, that date for us, that appointment for us. Whether it be through the death of the body. Or whether it be through the rapture of Christ's church. That one day He will fulfill our every hope. And take us to be with Him for us. Folks, we can hope in that. The worst thing that can happen—the worst thing that we imagine happening in this life—is to die. I can think of some things that you're, you're probably thinking of some things that could be worse. But but if if we're just thinking about the temporal, the worst thing is is death. But the reality is that that death is not the end because of the resurrection. We have hope that there is life beyond. Paul writes here, if the resurrection is not true, you and I might as well get our things together and go home. We might as well pack up, go out, and do our own thing. Why? But it is true. It is true, and our hope is is, is established there. The foundation of faith. We need to have a foundation of faith. We need to have a foundation of faith. Hope in our lives. We need to have a foundation of victory in our lives. In verse number uh, 20 here. Read with me. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who fall asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ the first fruits. Afterward, those who are Christ that is coming. Then comes the end. When he delivers the the kingdom of God to the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet, the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet, but when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now, when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself also will be subject to him, "...who put all things under him, that God may be all in all." That is a mouthful. But understand this: we have a foundation of faith in the gospel. We have a foundation of faith in the resurrection of Christ. We have a foundation of victory in the resurrection of the dead. Over and over and over, Scripture points to the resurrection of the dead as ultimate victory. There is coming a day when the dead in Christ shall rise to life, forever with him in eternity though in death our bodies are placed in the ground or is is more uh, more and more people are being cremated let me say something about that uh, if God can put uh, if God can put us together from dust in the first place he can find the dust to put us back together when he comes back amen well uh, I'm not saying go get cremated I'm just saying don't worry about it, all right? Um, though our bodies are placed in the ground at physical death, uh, it is a temporary arrangement that one day when the trumpet sounds, we will rise to see, um, uh, receive our reward. Let me, let me read a couple of passages to you. John chapter 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is referencing a time when the dead will be raised to be with him throughout Eternity. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain in the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Last passage, Revelation 21. But now I saw the new heaven and the new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had, had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. And I saw John, I saw, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed. Oh, wait. Listen, why do I read all that? I read that because I want you to see this morning that the Bible, the Word of God promises for us who are in Him that one day there is a victory. And if we understand that there is this great victory that is ahead, you and I can have a foundation to live in the face of turbulent times. One day, you and I in Christ will rise again to be with Him throughout eternity. We will rise again. Amen? So we have a foundation of victory. Victory is already promised. It's already accomplished. Yet to be seen in its fullness. But we have that promise in Him. The fourth foundation, I would tell you right quick, is the the foundation of our living. Uh, We're going to read, start in verse 35. But someone will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come foolish one, What, what you sow is not made alive until it dies, unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial one uh, is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power, It is on a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The foundation of our living. That is a new heart now and a new body later. The foundation of our living. Scripture, Ezekiel says that... That when we by faith receive the Lord, Ezekiel describes it this way, that he'll take the the stony heart out of us, and he will replace in us a new heart of uh, flesh. That Jesus, or, or Paul here, uses this this picture, uh, this agricultural picture of seed planted into the ground. Now, I'll be honest with you this morning, I'm not a farmer. I don't claim to be a farmer. Never wanted to be a fa- farmer. Wish I knew more about farming, but I don't matter of fact, the only good I am at gardening is to stand and watch it, otherwise it's dead. Um, What I do know is this. When you take a a, a kernel of corn and and you place it in the ground, that kernel dies in the ground and then it begins to sprout. That's the way God designed it. It, it. It dies. And so using this image, what Paul is saying is this. Before we can truly live, we have to be planted. We have to die. We have this... Uh, this death, uh, for us today in salvation, it's the death of the old man. In repentance, the old man is put to death, and we are raised by the Spirit of Christ into new living. Uh, for us, um, he's talking about this resurrection. Though the body may die, it will be raised, it will re- be replaced in the resurrection with a new and glorified body. Verse 42 there. Body, stone corruption, will be raised in any corruption. It's thrown in dishonor to be raised in glory. It's thrown in weakness. It's raised in power. What an incredible exchange. And it, this incredible exchange is this. That just as Christ has raised me to new life in Him today and I can live in Him, I can know that one day, one day, Miss Linda, I'm not going to have to worry about this silly ankle or heel. Miss Kay, you're not going to have to worry about cancer or heart problems. Or whatever your deal is. Whatever your physical ailment is. That one day this body that is laid down in corruption will be raised to new life. Glorified in Christ. And so recognizing that we can live, we can live every day in light of that reality. Doc, you won't be a cardiologist in heaven. Good. Good. I saw his face. I thought he was worried about losing business. But no, I'm kidding. Um, this this incredible exchange. Paul uh, Paul writes in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. For the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. In light of what is to come, in light of that faith, in light of that hope, in light of... Uh, of the victory that we know is there. You and I can settle down in Jesus and we can live. We can really, really live. How many of you really want to live today? Unless you're prepared to die, you're not ready to really live. Unless you are new in Jesus, you're merely existing. And not living toward Christ the last foundation I give you this morning is this: the foundation of our endurance, the imminence of His return. Verse fifty. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery: we shall not all we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That is. Some of us won't die, or some of us may not die. We may be called to glory. The Lord may come back before we die. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible is put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, listen this morning. In a moment, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, this too shall pass. Do you understand? and the turbulent times that we live in are merely temporary. When he uses this concept, this twinkling of an eye, uh, Paul, as he writes, Paul writes with a perspective that, that he believed that the Lord would return before his death. He believed that when Christ promised to return, it would happen uh, immediately. He, he believed it was happening soon. You hear today, some of you say today, the Lord's got to be coming back soon with a climate we live in. We don't know when the Lord's going to come back, but what we do know is the Lord will return. And when the Lord returns, uh, that, that concept of imminent, that concept of in the twinkling of an eye means this, that when He comes back, He will do so immediately. When He's ready, the eastern sky will part and the Lord will step out for His bride to take us home forevermore and it will happen. Boom! And it can happen Well, actually, it's not a boom, it's a trumpet. I can't make a trumpet sound. But it will happen instantly. Instantly. You see, this foundation of endurance is knowing that whether I walk through this turbulent time for a a year, for ten years, Or whether the Lord ends it now, I can and will endure with Him. See, death dies. Mortal becomes immortality. Corruption dies. Corruption becomes incorruption. There's no more sin. There's no more pain. There's no more sorrow. And victory is made complete. But we must endure. Until the buzzer sounds and the Lord calls us home. Foundations for a turbulent time. The foundation of faith in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The foundation foundation of hope in the resurrection. The foundation of victory in the resurrection of the dead. The foundation of living... That God is changing our hearts now and changing our lives now. The foundation of endurance. Paul completes this chapter with one verse. Where he says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers, verse 58, brethren, be steadfast and movable always in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. He leaves them with this command. Establish your foundation and don't you dare be moved. Church, listen this morning. Turbulent times are here. Turbulent times are to come. That's why you and I must choose this day. Choose this day to build our lives on the foundation of faith in the Lord Jesus. That's why we cannot place our hope in the foundation of this world. We cannot place our hope in the foundation of a faulty and corrupt political system. We cannot place our hope in the the economics of of a falling empire. We cannot place our hope in anything that is man-made and temporary. We must place our everything in Jesus Christ. And when we do, we must be established to stay and not be moved in Him. You see, in the face of these turbulent times, we ask questions. Why? Why did this happen? Why, why are we going through this? Why Why can't it be different? In the face of turbulent times, what are, what are we going to do? We must cling tight to Jesus and walk forward in the hope of the risen Lord that gives power to live, power to die, power to walk with Him forever. Is your foundation in Jesus? Are you saved this morning? That's a question you have to answer. I can't answer for you. Are you saved? It's not you need to be today. Let me tell you how you can be. There's others that can tell you. Christian, set your foundation in Jesus. pray, Father, I thank you that the foundation of faith is laid in the gospel. Not in our ability to accomplish anything. Not in our ability to work. Not in our ability to better ourselves, but in our willingness to just trust what You've already done. It's by grace we've been saved through faith, and not of ourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. Father, thank You that Your grace has called us out of darkness and placed us into Your marvelous kingdom of wine. I pray that for everyone in this room, we would we would place our hope in You. But Lord, that foundation that is laid in Jesus some for the first time today. Some need to clean the foundation off and come back to it. Father, I pray that, that we would construct our lives in the hope of Christ His resurrection to live faithful and to eternal to time. Father, would You move among us today? Draw us to You in the power of Your Holy Spirit.